demilitarized zone. Olympic ceremonies and torch. Where to stay on a budget. This is episode number four, a podcast for travel enthusiasts. For the next seven weeks, we'll be talking about the Olympics and Korean culture. We'll talk about where to visit, what to eat, and how to stay warm. All right. And when is this Winter Olympics? It's February 9th through the 25th of this year. My name is Carmen. And I'm Heidi. All right. So we have so many things to talk about this week. We have the Demilitarized Zone, which is a region in the Korean Peninsula that separates North Korea from South Korea. And I got to go on a tour of this. Heidi, did you end up going to the DMZ? I did. I did. DMZ. It was very interesting to me. Not DMV. DMZ. Z. You do not take your car to this place. You take a tour. That's what you can do. And it's on the 30th parallel. So if you remember about the Korean War, everybody was all about these parallels. It's a 150 mile long area. It's pretty long. They have blue buildings in Seoul. They have this house called the blue house so we have the white house in the united states well they have the blue house for the president and so a lot of these houses or buildings are blue the ones in this demilitarized zone are blue and they have these meetings what kind of meetings do they have they have meetings for peace and sometimes they're all about one-upping each other so south korea is always like okay uh cut to the chase what can we do to become one country or what can we do to become peaceful between each other and start using that train station that's between the two countries (laughs) north korea will do weird things like one time they had a meeting where they just sat and they had to go to the bathroom they sit in the room yes in this particular room what they were trying to decide is how tall their flag could be on the table so of course the next time they met north korea still had the the required amount for the flag stand but they added a podium to it so of course they had the tallest flag in the room they had the tallest flag so carmen what is the best thing about this room it's a scary room i got to go in it it's not scary it is it is because one time someone was pulled from the south border to the north korean and side and they had to do a lot of crazy stuff to get him back so what happens is you have two people that open up the doors and there's like this whole protocol that happens and there's always someone on guard on both sides of the door and so you can go in and then the south koreans leave and then the north koreans can operate in that area the awesome thing about the negotiation room is that if you're touring it yeah. and you walk around the table, you actually walk into North Korea because <gasps> yes. the border runs straight through the room. And so That's true. there's like military guys that stand as firm as a wall with sunglasses on. And if you touch them, they will kill you. They look like statues. So, they do. And my dad took a picture with one trying to act like he was as tough as as the military man, but he's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> but you can walk around the table and technically walk in and out of the two countries. It's pretty scary. Which, as a U.S. citizen, that's as close as I'm going to get to going into North Korea. Well, you can actually get education type visas to go into North Korea. You are just restricted to be in certain parts. So they're going to show you the 
the glamorous part of North Korea, which is not much at all. With Americans going into North Korea and something happening where they don't come back for a, a while. Yeah, like last year in November, Otto Warmbier, he was from Ohio and he went for just a visit. He was just going to take a propaganda poster from his hotel and he was arrested. And then, this was back in January 2016, then back in November or last year, they retrieved his body that was in a coma. So that didn't turn out well. And I was actually thinking, since that was so tragic, do you remember that assassination that happened in Singapore? Yes, I was just thinking about that the other day. Like, we never heard anything else about that. Yeah. Was it Singapore or was it? Uh, it was in an airport. I can't remember exactly. Malaysia. Yeah, Malaysia. I was going to say it was like some creepy James Bond stuff. Like, they touched him with a poison and they died within a matter of yeah. what, seconds or minutes. It was so scary. And, and his name was Kim Jong-nam. Nam. Kim Jong Nam, and he was uh, the son of Kim Jong E. That's two, and Song E Rim, a leading actress. So he was the eldest son. So despite being the former leader's eldest son, he was hidden from public view for years because his father and actress mother were not legally married. Dun dun dun. But it's pretty crazy because they tracked him down. And it was these two girls. All they did was a wet cloth, it looked like, and they rubbed it over his face. And within, what was it, like an hour? Yeah, it was pretty pretty quick. And that just scares me because if there are some type of chemical that out there that reacts that you that's untraceable, maybe that's what happened to Otto. Otto Warmbrier. How do you say that in English? Otto? Otto. Yeah, that's a sad story. Otter. Otto. I just, I, I feel really bad for that guy, but that's what I'm saying. North Korea is a very scary country. Very scary. Yeah, so this area at the DMZ, on the South Korea part, there's like this peace house, freedom house. Everything's very, we want to be with you. <laughs> and is like a truce village, Namunjom. Yeah, and you look across the border, which is really just a painted yeah. yellow line. Is it yellow or white? It, I, I think it's yellow. Yeah, and you're staring at what looks like a really old hotel, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> and that's the Panmungak Pavilion. That's the North Korean side. This is all I can see from the map. And then they have two guard towers, which I think is creepy. They have them on either side of the blue buildings and South Korea has none of that. They're just like, hey, freedom, peace. We love you. And North Korea is like tower prison. <laughs> just like totally the opposite what you see across. It's it's not cool at all. And you have to step. So we got to tour the blue area, the blue buildings, and then you come out and then you have to step on all these steps and you can't take anything out of your pockets. You have to look straight ahead. The people from North Korea will come out with their little binoculars, check each person out, and then walk back in. Did you feel intimidated when they came out and looked at you across from that DMZ line? I didn't really feel intimidated, although I could see several of, like, I think there was about three. And two of them had weapons and one of them had binoculars. And our tour guide told us, hey, wave for the camera, because you better believe they're taking your picture. <laughs> 
And I was like, that's not at all creepy, but hey, why not? But the coolest part are the tunnels that you can go in. So back at the in during the Korean War, I'm not sure the history of it, but one side tried to dig tunnels to get to the other side. But now you can actually, they've opened a couple of them up for tourists to go in and you can go all the way to like pretty deep in actually to, I guess where the border would be above ground. And there's a wall with a small little slated glass so you could like Mm -hmm. see through it to the other side. But the fun thing about the tunnels is they're really short. (laughs) I yeah. took my parents there. <laughs> oh god. And they make you oh. wear hard <laughs> the hard hat. They make you wear oh, the hard hat. <laughs> and my parents I took and it it's it's I think it's a couple miles deep. Yeah. And so we had to walk it and it's li- the tunnel's literally only big enough for one person going down and one person coming up. And it's steep too. But the funny thing yeah, the funny thing is you would hear this donk 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 <laughs> donk. <laughs> And it would be my mom because she couldn't crouch short enough oh, no. to <laughs> to not hit her head on the the metal piping above her head. So you <laughs> the whole way down you heard doink doink <laughs> doink. But she got really mad at me because I didn't know that you can actually take a train down like a little train car. <gasps> oh, down yeah, yeah, halfway. True. Yeah. And then get out and walk. And so she was really mad at me afterwards because you're going downhill the whole way. Yeah. So, but on the way back, you're going uphill. And so it was a lot of steps and a lot of walking with her crouched over. (laughs) That was the first time I felt really tall. (laughs) My mom and I, it was perfect because we're short, you know, it's great. I felt extremely tall. Because all the all the little Ajimas were walking right past me, not even caring. Oh my goodness, those ladies are. But it's a once in a lifetime thing. So if you get to go, you should definitely go. When you go to another country, it's really important for you to understand their culture and accept that, and not offend them. Yes. By something you're doing or your ignorance on not knowing how they handle certain things. And when you go to a Asian country, expect. To have chopsticks in the restaurants. They're not going to have forks. <laughs> I remember we had some teachers that came in. It was lunchtime. And they looked at the silverware and they're like. And there's no salt shakers. There's no forks. And I was like, um, no, man. <laughs> We're in Korea. It's Asian. <laughs> I mean, there are forks. Like if you go to like, I don't know, an Italian place or something like that. But typically you have chopsticks. That's what you eat with. Or go to India and they eat day. with their hands. You know. Oh my gosh, I love chopsticks. Yeah, but everybody's reacting against, you know, Logan Paul and all that crazy stuff that's happening. I don't want to talk about it much, but you just don't do weird, crazy things, especially buying fish at a market and then throwing it or throwing it on the ground. It's food, beautiful fish that is caught for food. And then you just throw it on a taxi like Asian people are the cleanest people on earth. Germs. And their book do not exist. <laughs> Everything's super clean. And to me, that was just disrespectful in that regard. And that he also wore a kimono. 
So as a woman, I was disrespected. Maybe I'm taking this too far, but it well, was just my thing is, crazy. You're gonna go over there to another country. You're gonna disrespect them on so many levels, especially when it comes to something as serious as suicide, which is a major, major epidemic in Asia. Especially even Korea. It's one of the leading death tolls for young people, for sure. Now that everybody is backlashing on you, you're going to put up, quote unquote, sincere apology. Yeah. BS, man. BS. I'm so mad right now. So mad. We bowed so many times in Korea and Japan just because I thought I was wrong the whole time. <laughs> I'll apologize a thousand times. Just keep on bowing. I I feel like our heads were like bobble yeah. heads by the end of it. We're just like, uh, uh, uh. like no words need to be spoken, just bobble. It took me a while after I came back to the U.S. not to bow when I greeted people. <laughs> well, like when we went to China, I did it to everyone. And our friend Malara was like, what are you doing? China doesn't do that. And I'm like, oh, crap. They're going to think my neck is broken. <laughs> but if you greet someone, if you agree with someone or you want to give respect, you bow. It just has to be in the nod of a head. If you bow full torso, then that means you are definitely younger or less than that other person and you never grovel. That's just, we see that on dramas all the time. It's very dramatic, but you don't do that. You do that unless you really need that mercy or grace or whatever. South Korea calls North Korea every single day. It's not until like this past month that North Korea finally was just like, yeah, We'll talk because we want to be in the Olympics. And what kind of Olympians do they have for this Olympics? Do you know, Heidi? I do not. It's only ice skaters. It's just an ice skater couple that wants to come over. Just ice skaters? Yeah, they, they only have two ice skaters coming over. They did pretty good for the Summer Olympics. And the last Summer Olympics that South Korea had in 1988... North Korea refused to to be a part of the worldwide event. And so it's just kind of disappointing. So the North Koreans that qualified for the games are the figure skating pair Rim Tae-ok and Kim Joo-sik. I wonder how many people are going to be cheering them on. <laughs> Is that South Korea, even though they may not agree with North Korea, they will not boo. I can guarantee you that in the stands, they're not going to be like, boo, North Korea. Instead, they're going to be very respectful. They're going to be there and uh, they're going to be nice. Isn't that interesting? Nice people. Let's get fun. Parties, parties, parties. Parties? Let's talk about parties. Yeah, ceremonies. Aren't those parties? No, it's not a you, party. You like celebrate? <laughs> it's a party. I was like, where is where are we having a party? Yes, it it's is. It's the award ceremony. So it's more than like like disco ball and confetti on New Year's in China. <laughs> <laughs> no, but parties don't have to have food. Yeah. You're just celebrating, honoring that person. So we'll go with that, Carmen. So the ceremonies for the Olympics. They have released what the medal bearers will be wearing. Of course, for women, it will be skirts and trousers for men. They are rooted deeply within the Korean culture. For instance, we have a Pyeongchal, which is a hat that is very traditional in Korea that you wear in the winter. It's nice and big and fluffy. Well, it looks fluffy. I've never worn one. Have you, Carmen? Yeah, I don't think they were in fashion when we were there. Yeah, this is like old school traditional, but it's a traditional wear. And so they look really nice and warm. Yeah. 
but they're white and then they have these like red and blue kind of like ribbon things on them that are supposed to reflect the Korean flag, which the Korean flag is white and then it has a red and blue taeguk in the middle, which symbolizes balance, kind of like a yin yang um, without the dot. And then the four corners, the trigrams. Are- <laughs> The trigrams, yes. They all symbolize something. So I think it's north, south, east, and west. Am I wrong? No. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Technically, like the cardinal direction is east, south, north, and west. But each one of the symbols is different, and they mean heaven, sun, moon, and earth. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Which is really cool. Um, I think this flag is pretty awesome. And the earlier versions were more circly. They weren't like the yin and yang. They're a little more like swirly. And if you see any traditional Hanok and like traditional, I guess, temples, shrines for the deceased, they have those symbols everywhere. Yeah, it was more like a swirl a little yeah. bit. But anyway, so the colors on the hat represent this. Cool. But my favorite thing is the podiums that the award winners will be standing on for gold bronze and silver i guess that would be gold silver and bronze (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, anyway so the podium that they'll be standing on is really cool it's white just to reflect snowflakes and the snow plains that are in pyeongchang but it's inspired by traditional giwa roof tiles which is if you go to any of the temples or maybe like really old traditional korean housing they have these roof tiles that are kind of like stacked side by side and it it makes an illusion of a picture or like you're you're staring at it straight on and it just looks like one but then you step yeah out and then it's like a whole row kind of like when you're standing in a room full of mirrors and you just keep seeing yourself i really like it and And it's handicap accessible, which is awesome for the Paralympics as well. Then it's also inspired by the traditional Dong Dong Chong. I think that's how you pronounce it, which is Mm -hmm. the time-honored form of painting that you see on those Giwa roof tiles. So if you go to the temple, you're going to see these in bright, bright green and red and blue. And it just makes a beautiful design on the roofs of the buildings. It's like a painted mosaic. Yeah. I mean, it would take forever to paint a building like this. Yeah. (laughs) And it's the exact same thing over and over and over again. So it's like, you can't mess up. Well, I guess you could, but then you would have to restart over. But that's no fun. Anyways, I think it's really cool. It's like a relay race. You got to start from the finish. I think it's a really cool way to (laughs) just be real subtle about adding Korean traditions into the Olympics. Oh. Oh. Uh, No, I I think it's pretty cool. And what's neat is that... I really like how they're incorporating a lot of Korean culture. Yeah. But they're making it very high-end, modern-looking. I think it's really neat what they're doing. Yeah, it's like tradition, like traditional with a modern touch. Mm -hmm. So, But they also did some pretty traditional stuff with a modern touch on the Olympic torch. Yes. I went to talk about it. Talk about it. This torch is making its way around the country. So it started in Incheon, then it went down to Jeju, which Jeju has very similar aspects of an island. Jeju is very similar to the eastern island, so it's very tropical. Everybody goes to vacation there. We never made it, but it's a volcanic (laughs) island. Then it went to Busan, which is the biggest port. I guess it's number two, right? It's the number two city population-wise 
in comparison to Seoul. Very seafaring type people, very relaxed. It's hot down there. They're very chill and everybody loves to go to Busan. Then it went to Ulsan and another port type. I guess it's more inland. We did not get to go to Ulsan, but Gwangju is a very traditional place. And then you go up to Daejeon, which we went for the hot springs, which we didn't get to go to. <laughs> they have this public hot spring river that flows down and it was being reconstructed. Do you remember that time? Yeah. Heidi, we, we just got to see the construction work. Then they go to Daegu, which there was some sporting events there at one point. And then it made it all the way up to Seoul. And I guess it's going to hit Incheon again, which is inland. And then Chuncheon, Gosong, Chuncheong. And then Gangneung, and then finally Pyeongchang, whenever they start, I guess. It's going all over the place. But it's 101 days, nine provinces, eight major cities, and oh, wow, they're going to have 7,500 runners passing the torch along the route. That's intense. That's a lot. Cool about that. So this is really neat to have the Olympic torch for the second time because they had the Olympic torch back in 1988 for the Summer Olympics. And what I like about Korea, I don't know if this is going to be different from Pyeongchang, but the Olympic structures and handball court and gymnastic courts are used heavily at the Olympic Park in Korea. And they even designed Line 5, the subway system, to go all the way over there. And I think Line 9 ended up having, they're able to get from the farthest part east, the Olympic Park, all the way to the international airport. It's all with the subway system and it's designed beautifully. So I'm excited about that they're extending the train further to the Olympic Village. So that's pretty neat. I love Seoul. I do too. Seoul is a cool place. It has Seoul. Ding ding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know how many times I've heard that? <laughs> it, soul has soul. Soul has soul. Welcome to Hotel Transylvania. So, if we're going to stay there, though, we need to be at a location for that. Is that correct? Yeah, we need to talk about accommodations. And let me tell you, Korean is very accommodating. Korean. Korea is very accommodating. So we're going to talk about... Yeah, and, and they may not be able to host you in their houses because, especially large cities, they all live in small quarters, but they have so many places to stay. So we have five places to stay yes. in Korea if you're on a budget. Not only are they awesome, but they're also very cost effective. And number five is a hotel. Yeah, everybody has hotels. But Korean hotels are actually really, really nice. Like I never stayed at a like a Motel 6 hotel, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. In fact, Carmen and I stayed in a hotel for the first week and a half that we were in Korea. It was a cute little mm -hmm. apartment just big enough for our suitcases and the beds. And then a little walk area to the bathroom and <laughs> the shower. And we had no choice. They said... You you guys are friends, so we're just going to put you guys together. I think they were just trying to make it yeah. cheap. <laughs> yeah. They dropped us off at the hotel and we didn't hear from them for, what, two days? <laughs> just Yeah. And and it's the kind where, like, you stay for long. Like, I had a kitchenette. So, I had, you know, long-term long, long -term stay. Yeah. So, any hotel, at least 
in major cities is going to be really nice. And then number four, which the Olympics are really promoting this actually for places to stay, is to check out Airbnb because there's lots of different places that are opening up just for people to stay in the Olympics or during the Olympics. In fact, yeah, on the primary Olympic website, they actually list a whole slew of cities like Gosanju, Sokchoshi, uh, Yongyang, that are within 90 kilometers, which is basically yes. like an hour to an hour and a half away. So they're real close and maybe you don't want to stay like Sukcho is by the beach. So say you want to go to the Winter Olympics, but you don't want to stay in the winter all the time. Sukcho is on the beach and they mm-hmm. have really, really good fresh seafood. But I'm going to warn you. And it will be expensive, it's too, expensive. if it's right beside the ocean. <laughs> and when you order scallops, they don't mean the kind of scallops that are deep fried. They mean the scallops that are still attached to the shell. And you have to, <laughs> you have to use your mouth to pull them out of the shell. So just a little FYI. <laughs> and soy sauce, too. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not it, like it comes out of the ocean and onto your plate. So... Number three. Now, this may seem kind of sketch. I know Carmen doesn't like the idea. (laughs) It is very sketch. But Carmen, I found out an interesting fact that ties us back to the Olympics. Okay, tell me. Okay. People only stay there for one hour. (laughs) (laughs) We're called, this is the Love Motels. Now, it sounds a little bit worse than it really is, depending on why you're staying there. These are basically what they're called, love motels. (laughs) Um, They have purposes. But if you're looking for something real inexpensive, they're actually really nice. They're not like dirty, even though they look really sketch from the outside. Because from the outside, you can't see who's working there. It's just like an open garage with a sign and a heart. And it's kind of like you're driving through a car wash. Yeah. (laughs) Because they're... they're, (laughs) Streamers everywhere, too. Yeah, there's like cloth things that hang over the garage. So like you can't even see people when they get out of their car. (laughs) So weird. So it's really weird. But they charge by the hour or by the night. And it's really, really inexpensive. And they have lots of accessories to add to your room. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the theme. Like, here's the thing, Carmen. The rooms are themed. And now people don't go there. Not all of them are nasty. Okay. Some of the love motels have a ramen themed room. Some of them have a Starbucks theme room and it's like the bed is a giant ramen cup. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I don't I don't know how I feel about that. You want to sleep in a giant ramen cup? No. I think it's pretty cool. There's ramen in it. <laughs> well, and like so I'm actually looking at a picture of the ramen room and like the bed sheets are yellow like the noodles. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really funny. Do they have like air fresheners that make it smell like raw? They do, but so they're not all <laughs> sexual. And then the Starbucks room has fresh yeah, coffee bed infused is in the inside walls. of an a large Starbucks mug. So it's like you climb into the bed and it's inside this massive mug. And then like the kitchen sink Ooh. and the counter and stuff looks like the barista bar at the Starbucks like it's brown and it's green and the walls are brown like coffee anyways it's pretty cool they even have a soju room 
Now, I like that idea. The cool thing, I'm going to tie this to the Olympics. Okay, tell me. According to Wikipedia, love hotels had their boom and their growth originally is because of the 1988 Olympics, which took place in Seoul. That is when, yes, that is according to Wikipedia, that's what it says. They got their boom when the Olympics came in 1988. Boom, 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 pow. I think that's a really cool thing. So there may be somewhere to go here after these Olympics. We will go over certain words that they've adapted from English. And it could be from the military. It could be from the Olympics. And so one of the... Obviously, Love Motel was adapted. Yeah, from they did have English. a green one. <laughs> was taken. Everybody just knows them as Love Hotels. Now, the important thing to mention here is in Korea, these are very taboo. Yeah. Like, it's not talked about. They'll also be in the back of karaoke, like rooms that yeah. are called Norebang. If you go to a Norebang and you want to sing and there's a little heart in the sign of the Norebang, then you know it's just not, it's not just a Norebang. It's not just a room with a microphone. It's rooms with microphones and rooms with beds. Blow your mind. (laughs) Woo. Number two is Carmen's personal favorite, I think, a hostel. Carmen, tell us about like our experiences with the hostels in Korea. So I've always had great hostel experiences. Like Heidi and I stayed at a guest house in Japan, even though it was on hostelworld.com. And there's other sites, too, where you can get some pretty good deals. And I like looking at the reviews and everything. But we were going with some friends and they said that this one is like near the party place, which meant like we could actually get cheap food. And it was near like a college. So we're like, sure, it's our last week in Korea. What could go wrong? (laughs) Everything. (laughs) Everything went wrong. There was like no food. There's people that were weird. Oh, we need to mention this was in Busan. People are so different in Busan. They're very laid back. They're not all rigid and skinny like there are in Seoul. There's big guys. No, just kidding. They're very nice people. I felt very at home once the sun arose. But that night, it was just creepy. We got fried chicken and then we went to our hostel, but it was actually part of like a English center. And then they were actually renting rooms out of an apartment. I gave them really bad reviews on hostelworld.com because I couldn't take it anymore. And from then on, I don't trust anyone. I do the searching, but then I was on my own after that. Like I wasn't with people staying at places, but it was a bad experience. Bad experience. Yeah. It was an interesting trip because we we were also like the next day stranded because we couldn't find the place we were going to stay that night. <laughs> and I like to plan things. So I was like, OK, everyone, what's our plan? What's our plan so that we don't freak out? They had no plans at 10 p.m. And sure enough, our friend was just like, well, let's just go to this love motel by the train station. Are you kidding me? There was no women, no women in that hotel. They were upstairs doing something else. And I don't want to know, but there was just men. (laughs) Here's the issue with that is that like Busan, because it's a seaport, gets a lot of international people, specifically like Russians. I can't even count how many times. And so we're blonde. I was asked if I was a Russian prostitute. I even had a police officer walk over to me. (laughs) 
and asked me in Korean if I was Russian. And I was just like, you're a cop and we're in a train station. This is not okay. Sketch. Also, they don't say Russian prostitute. They just say Russia. And we respond with Miguk because we're Americans. And then once they say, oh, Miguk, okay. And then they're... And then they walk away. USA. Or they say, welcome to Korea. And I'm like, oh, so you wouldn't have done that if I was Russian. Yeah. And so the love motel that we were going to stay at was actually like in the heart of Russian town, like in that area. So. Oh, yeah. There is a Russian Yeah, town. It was really awkward. Yeah. I put my foot down. I said, no, we're going to our most which favorite is... place to stay, which is. Jim Jabong's. Is going to seem foreign for Americans. But a Jim Jabong is also called like a sauna. You go in and the men and the women are separated and it's like a bathhouse. So you can go in and you can bathe. You can sit in a hot tub, but it's communal. So it's like all the women are in there and there's women that will who work in there and they'll give you like an entire body exfoliation cleanse and scrub all the dead skin off of you. And then there's showers and even an ice cold pool because some people think it's good for you to like get in the hot, hot water, which is really, really hot. And then, and in the then cold. jump into the cold. I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> no. Um, but anyway, so the men do their thing in the men's side, the women do their thing in the women's side. And then you're given like a uniform of a pink shirt and pink shorts or blue shorts and blue shirt. So blues for the guys and pinks for the girls. And then you go to like the common area, which is traditional heated floors. That's how Koreans heat heat their areas. Yeah. So the floor is... And this is, and the floor is heated, like literally traditional as in 1600s. They've always had heated floors. And you get a little pad and sometimes you can even get like a little block that's a pillow. It's not like we think of. (laughs) Or a roll, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, or a roll. It's kind of hard. And you can sleep in there and stay overnight. But this is so dirt cheap. It's like anywhere from 7 to $15 a night. And you can get the whole sauna experience plus they sell food inside which the traditional food is the rice drink i can't even think of the name i love the rice drink and then hard-boiled eggs but they also sell ramen this and then they have regular food too yeah they have like a little restaurant in there you can sit down and eat and then they have a steam room and we've never had issues with it before and i don't know if you mentioned heidi but it's communal and nude (laughs) Not the common area. No, sorry. The the bathing rooms, yeah, everyone's nude. But the communal room, like the men and the women can gather again. So like families can go and they'll stay the night there and you sleep on the floor and it's it's just a beautiful thing. Everybody just sleeps in the room together. The reason for these bathhouses tradition is people used to live in huts and they became really popular as well back back in the day uh, just for cleanliness that's why are at minimum when you go in and this is dating back again from the 1600s and then recently because Seoul jumped to a huge city they could not do or keep up with the plumbing or the cleanliness of bathrooms so you would have your literally your hut and then you would like pee and poop outside and then to bathe you would go to these bathhouses it would just be easier to do so some people 
even, I don't know, about 10 years ago, they would still have apartments where you don't have like hardly any indoor plumbing for like a shower. You would have to go to these places. Yeah, it's also great because like families live together pretty much until they're in their 30s or so. Yeah. Or they're married. And so... If you have like one, maybe two bathrooms and you've got 10 people living (laughs) in your house, you know, it can get kind of crowded. So you just walk on down to the gym, pay like $5, go in, get a nice scrub, a good hot bath, then get a little food, take a nap. But take a nap. The only time you need to watch out for these gym jobangs is when it's a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And everyone and their mothers are on holiday with you. Because let's go back to our story about Russia Town. We didn't stay in that love motel. So what did we do? We found the closest gym jobang we could find, which happened to have, I want to say like four or 500 people in it, Carmen. Wouldn't you agree? It had two floors. It looked like a refugee camp. It really did. I'm not kidding. And so by the time we had to fight <laughs> to get those those rolls and we had to fight to get some mats. Yeah. Well, OK, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Where were you sleeping that night? It was so full of people. All I remember is we found like a little, little hole for for me and Carmen and then we had some friends with us. I don't even know if they were in the same area with us. But I ended up sleeping <laughs> I know. Almost nose to nose with a little <laughs> harmony all night, which is a grandmother. A little, a little grandmother. She shared her blanket with me. She shared her her like pad that she laid on. And I think when she got up in the morning, she actually like slid her pillow under my head because she felt so bad for me. But I won't ever know her name, <laughs> but we're pretty close. <laughs> but but her feet were like at your face. Yeah, it was really. And I'm not a feet person. Right? Know? Yeah. We were almost like smack oh dab against each other. But she didn't care. It, but And nobody smelled because everybody had gone through the gym dubong. So the sauna part. And so everybody was clean. There was nothing bad about it you get free shampoo and soap and everything so that that's one thing that i miss is that even though you smell garlic everywhere garlic there's no body odor like they don't use deodorant yeah but they don't sweat like we do no i wish i was an asian with no body odor and no hair on my arms this is taking a bad that would be the day (laughs) i don't do body hair Anyways, so those are our five places to stay on a budget. So, Carmen, where's your favorite place to stay? Like we talked about, hostels are my favorite. But when you're in Korea, sometimes when you're just going out in the woods or going to a bathhouse, a little holiday cottage makes it all the better. And those um, they have guest houses and then they also have minbak, which we've stayed at both and they were great. And you can always stay at a traditional guest house. So I guess I, I like to stay on the more traditional side of things. All right. Thank you so much for listening. This concludes episode four. You can check us out at nextstopchannel.com for show notes and other tidbits. And see you later. I'm traveling with my dad. He's on business. He's at a meeting. I hate meetings. Plus, I'm not allowed to go in. I can only sit in the lobby. That's boring. So my dad dropped me off here. Gave me his credit card and said whoever was checking people in to let me in the hotel room. 
so I won't get into mischief. And ma'am, sometimes I do get into mischief. <laughs> we all do.